Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Got a story here. It sounds a lot like a Hollywood movie sent to me by Trocon and Donna. Thank you very much. New Orleans men wrongfully convicted of crime committed by NOPD cop now celebrating their freedom. So wrongfully convicted people in jail. Obviously a problem. Those crimes are committed by a cop. And I've seen a few movies like that. And that's always the ultimate twist. That the person who did it got away with it, but they're also a cop. So this is from WDSU. Daryl Forge has wrote this for WDSU. Three New Orleans men who were incarcerated for almost three decades are now free. Three decades in prison for three men. This comes as all three were found to be wrongfully convicted of a murder after new evidence linked the murder to a former New Orleans Police Department officer. Uh, that man, coincidentally, is currently serving a death row sentence. So he got caught by something else. Something else caught up with him. And he's on death row now. But it turns out that some other crimes that he committed were pinned on these three guys. So the three of them are relieved and overwhelmed to have their freedom back. But again, go back 30 years. Ask yourself, where were you then? And ask yourself what it would be like if you'd spent that time until now in prison. Um, finally, I've been waiting on this for a long time, said one of them. They each served 28 years in prison. 28 years. It's just amazing just to experience that all over again. You know, forever amazing, said the other one. Back in 1996, then teens, the three were convicted in the murder of a man named Rondell Santanac. I tried everything I could, went through every avenue I had. It didn't work, one of them said. The district attorney said that the new evidence proved their innocence. There was evidence these men, these boys, were not where this crime occurred and that they could not have committed this crime. And keep in mind that to get a new trial or to get your conviction overturned, there's different standards and different things you can prove. So if you can prove, for instance, that your trial was unfair to the point that you didn't get a fair trial, (laughs) I know you're saying, Steve, it's a bootstrap argument, but I'll get there in a second. Then you get a new trial. Doesn't mean you're released. Doesn't mean that you get to walk. It means that they can just retry you again. And keep in mind that mistakes can get made at trial, but they don't rise to the level that gets you a new trial. Simply having a mistake happen is not enough to do it. It's got to be a mistake of a magnitude or a gravity that will actually say that mistake was made and it may have materially affected the outcomes, therefore you get a new trial. So that's not what happened here. They found evidence that proved these guys could not have done it. And that's a different standard, and it's actually rarer because quite often there's so much conflicting evidence out there. Somebody goes, I've got an alibi. I got someone who says I was 35 miles away. Guess what? The prosecution's got somebody who says you were there and you did it. So the mere existence of an alibi witness would not necessarily do it. Okay? So the prosecutor now says, though there was evidence, that these men, boys, were not there. Prosecutors for the Orleans Parish District Attorney's Office and Civil Rights Division presented the key evidence that linked the murder to somebody else. Okay? Everyone in this jurisdiction recognizes that the man who's on death row they now know did it was inflicting a ring of terror in his community. He was engaged in narcotics trafficking, murder, murder for hire, and protecting drug dealers. 
And by the way, he was a cop. Meanwhile, the chief of the Orleans Parish Civil Rights Division said it was clear that the three men were not involved. When we looked at the files, it was clear. It was not the right car. It was never three perpetrators. It was one perpetrator originally until this other cop got involved. It was the wrong color car. They were arrested 23 minutes later with no weapons, nowhere near the scene of the crime. Meanwhile, one of the men who was released was unable to speak on camera, uh, and I can understand why, but his lawyer issued the following statement on his behalf. We are grateful for all the support that we've received, and as my client begins the next chapter of his life, nothing can make up for the three decades he's lost to his wrongful conviction, but he's excited to spend time with friends and family as he embarks on the journey ahead. As the other two men, it's a long time coming and time for a new chapter in their lives. Uh, One of the men says he wants to become a motivational speaker, while the other wants to devote his time to his family. And yeah, if you've missed out on 28 years with your family, you might want to make up for lost time. Um, The second man there says, I want to do anything and everything to become rich, take care of my family, to protect them, or something like this can't happen to them. And... I suspect that that's one of the things that happened here is the three kids who got picked up for this crime didn't have the funds to defend themselves properly, and uh, it probably didn't go well from there. The district attorney's office said they're looking into other cases where men and women have been wrongfully convicted of a crime related to that first police officer and other former New Orleans Police Department officers who may have been helping him commit crimes. And so here's the situation where they're simply saying that if you look at the evidence, uh, it's clear these guys didn't do it. But you ask yourself, wait a second. That evidence appears to have been there 28 years ago. Um, It sounds like a report was made describing a car and a perpetrator, and then this car gets pulled over with the three guys in it, and they get arrested and convicted. What about the original report of one guy in a car that doesn't match this car. Was that really not available at trial? And the story here does not say how this evidence came to the fore, as they say. And I can tell you that, unfortunately, a lot of times on very, very serious cases like this, they'll often assign public defenders. I don't even know if they had public defenders. They may have had attorneys they paid for their own money. I don't know. But a lot of times, they'll assign somebody to this case and they'll drop on their, bo- you know, on their desk you know, 15 bankers' boxes full of documents. And the attorney hasn't got time or the uh, wherewithal to go through it all and figure this stuff out. And so what often happens is when someone gets locked up for life, they got plenty of time in their hands. And I've seen it where they go through their own files. They get a copy of the files and they go through them. Or other people get interested. College students, Innocence Project, uh, some attorneys working pro bono, some organizations... And they'll start digging through this stuff. And, you know, obviously even podcasts. I've heard of podcasters going through the evidence going, wait, there's a problem here. They said this and they said this, but it never came out in trial. Why is that? And they track down an attorney who says, hey, they gave me the file a week before the trial. I asked for an adjournment, didn't get one, and I was forced to defend based on what I could figure out in seven days. You know, so crazy stuff happens. uh, But... The fact that there's something that obviously wrong with this story is a problem. And then you go, oh, wait a second. But it was 
a New Orleans cop who did the crime and New Orleans cops who arrested these guys and somehow missed the description that fit the New Orleans cop. So it makes you wonder how many of the other police officers were involved. And that's also a problem. So it says here the district attorney's office is looking into other cases where men and women have been wrongfully convicted of a crime related to the first cop or other New Orleans PD officers. And that's a serious, serious problem. I've said before that you know attorneys and judges have got to be held to high standards because of what we do for a living. And when we make mistakes or bad judgments, it looks so bad for our profession that we need to be held to a higher standard. I'm fine with that. That goes doubly or triply so for police officers. So police officers are supposed to be out there protecting us from crime. Then you find out there's a bad one who's actually committing crimes. And to get away with them, he's actually framing innocent people. So he's not just not doing his job. He's doing the opposite of his job. And so he's on death row now, which sounds like that's where he belongs. However, you look back and go, wow, how much damage did this guy do? And how long did other people know about it? So I certainly hope that they'll investigate not just other convictions, but look at it and go, but were there any other bad cops in there? Because the bad cops need to be rooted out and they need to make examples of them. Because they can't allow that to happen. This is just an absolute travesty. And the fact that three guys spent 28 years each in jail for a crime that they didn't commit and a crime they couldn't have committed is just crazy. So Trocon and Donna, thanks for sending it from WDSU New Orleans. Daryl Forges wrote it. New Orleans men wrongfully convicted of crime committed by an NOPD cop are now celebrating their freedom. And the cop is on death row. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Life is more amusing than we thought.